Hey, Basement Lounge fans, I want to give a shout-out to the awesome VIPs who are helping make this show possible by supporting it on Patreon. Many thanks go to Whitney Latin, Jody McDermott, Joey Craig, Greg Gray, Soul HS, and my wonderful mother, Melissa Shea. If you want to join our group of VIPs, just go to patreon.com slash basementloungepod and sign up for a mere $3 a month to get all kinds of cool perks like stickers, shout-outs, Discord hangouts, and so much more. Once again, that's patreon.com slash basementloungepod. And now... On with the show. Grab a drink, pull up a chair, and settle in. Because you're in the Basement Lounge. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you happen to be listening to this show. Welcome to another installment of the Basement Lounge. This is the cool, chill place where we bring in people and... We have a conversation with them, but they're in the entertainment industry, actors, comedians, magicians. Uh, we even had a we we had a we had a we had a, mo- a Playboy model on here one time, guys. Don't know how I pulled that off, but we did it. But uh, coming in here today, we've got a guy from here in the Miami Valley. He's a funny dude, and uh, we're happy to have him on. Uh, Neil Griffin's here, ladies and gentlemen. Neil, how's it going, hey, buddy? Hey, how you doing? There hey, he is. Good to see you guys out there. Good to have you on, man. We we we, we scheduled this a while back, and we're finally here. Um, it's good. Good to have you on. Ain't seen you in a hot minute. Ain't seen you in a hot minute, man. Right. I know. Right. But I've been pretty productive, man. I've been doing my thing, man. How you been, man? I've just been, I've been trying not to go too stir crazy. Uh, you know, I still get to go to work every day at least, but when your options are work or home, you start to, uh, you start to miss the bar pretty quick. Right. Yeah. I can dig it. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like, didn't you feel like it was like, at first it was like a vacation. Like the first like two weeks I was like. I was like, yo, like, I don't have to do anything. Like, you know, I was so excited. I was just getting hot, right? Like, I just, uh, I just killed uh, Go Bananas, right? Like yeah. for the weekend with uh, with Tony with Tony Woods, right? And then, uh, then all of a sudden, like, I'm, you know, like things are happening. I'm getting interviews left and right, stuff like that. And uh, and you know, blah, blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, it turned from like two week vacation into like three or four week of boredom. All of a sudden, I had to take like a nursery job. Like, I'm, you know, I'm in like I'm trying to like, grow flowers, <laughs> which I have no idea about. It's crazy, man. It's, it's, I, you know, we, I did the, cause the last, I mean, the last time I was on stage was January and, uh, oh and yeah, it's well, my work schedule sucks. And then, but I was in, I was in Cleveland for a concert, like the week that shit hit the fan. And then I remember by Friday, everyone was locking down and I was like, but it also, it's one of those, it's like, it seems so long ago. It was, it was March. It was right. March. It's a long time ago. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. I saw you. Yeah. Then weren't you wearing like a, Weren't you wearing a Kango last time I saw you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah. My man was wearing a Kango. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to present Mike Shea, my man, my brother, was wearing a plaid Kango. Damn right. Uh, I was on the stage, man, and I was like, I was like, this cat is someone I have to get to. I love that Anytime hat. you see a big dude, uh, especially Caucasian dude, with a Kango, he's got something to say, ladies mm. and gentlemen. That's my guy right there. Love that hat, man. I love that hat. Um, that was a good man. That was a good night too. That was a good show. I'm uh, I'm jealous of everybody getting to do fireworks this weekend, man. Why are you so not jealous? Doing? I, I got to work, man. I, I I didn't know they were going to be coming back, and I work nights. I work nights and weekends, and I, I okay. was it was one of those. It was it was two things. It was not enough not enough forewarning to take the time off work, and right. also it was right. just. I'm not even remotely ready to go back on stage. Yet. Right. I don't I don't think I don't think I am either really, but I think I think this was the case for me. Is that um this is exclusive stuff I'm telling you. So uh there's a couple of people, uh agents and managers and stuff that wanted to see me. Um and they, they live in New York and DC and I was like, Well, I can't do you know, I obviously can't be there because I wanted to just do a live showcase for them. Sure. But like uh, but I couldn't do it. So they're like, well, just send me, you know, send me a 10 minute tape. Well, obviously the fireworks can only do five. So I was like, well, I'll go ahead and do it and just get a stellar tape because I know the crowd's at least going to be good. Yeah. You know, it'll be a decent crowd. It'll be a hot crowd. So I was like, well, let me go ahead and do that. And that way, at least I can, at least I can send them something until I'm ready to give them that 10 minutes. I'll be working on it. I'll be working on that probably all week, next week. And then I'll probably submit that um, then. But I, but I, uh, yeah, I just wanted to be as strong as I could be. So I figured like, why not go into it? And I figure um, the energy at Wiley's is special. So I really wanted to do, I wanted the energy on my tape. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, let me go ahead and do this. Cause that way I can, that way I can uh, at least have, I'll have a good five minute tape. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I figured that would be good because really when you do a competition like this, a lot of times, uh, you know, 
a lot of comics won't win. You know, obviously there's only one winner. Right. So, uh, so you know, I I learned from the last time I did a, a showcase in uh in DC. Um, you know, I didn't win. You know, but I got hired. You know what I mean? Then it, it's yeah. like other people see me. So, so the point the point here is what I'm trying to make is anything like this. If you're a young comic out there, or anyway, or an actor, whoever it is, the point is just to show up. Just mm-hmm. basically in life, for real. If you just show up and show your face around there, something good is going to happen. It's going to it's going to happen a lot better for you and a lot quicker for you than just sitting at home wishing you would have done it. Mm-hmm. Get out there, even if you're not on the show. Be in the audience. Be somewhere. Yeah. Get a glass of water. Talk to somebody. This whole business is based on <laughs> my two fundamental things, right? Be nice and talk to people. Hundred percent, man. That's that's the that's the key to any of this. Is you can be a fan all you want, but if you're not actually showing up and showing out and and being the support that you want everybody else to be for you, no one no one's gonna give you the time of day. No one's gonna give a shit. You got to actually be there and show that you care. For them to take you seriously, even if you're not, like you said, even if you're not going up, just be there, man. Right. Just be, just be around the room, man. It really, it really is like, like, I feel like I'm the Forrest Gump of comedy, man. I'm just around. <laughs> good things, good things there, happen. You know what I mean? You're just there for history, man. You're just, you were a part of everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, pretty much, man. Like that, and you know what? That's another thing, but you know, with entertainers, I see a lot of nowadays that you're hitting, you're hitting them all my hot topics. It's like, uh, the history of stand up, the history of comedy itself. If I talk to, I know a lot of these guys don't even know that you know comedy was started in Italy. You know, really? Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was called Comedy dell'arte. Oh right, so, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like a lot of people don't know that. So it's like you know, like learn what you're trying to, whatever you're trying to do, learn. You know, learn like you know who's who and what's what. I'll never forget Nate Washington's face. Another great comic in Dayton. Oh, I love Nate. I never forget. I'll never get his face right. I walked up to him for the first time, and I said, Nate Washington. And he looked at me. He's like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah." It's like every Dayton comic that that uh, that I could hear about before we got on the stage, before I even walked in the club, I was researching. I, I made sure I knew at least a couple of their jokes or something we could talk about. You know, Jesse Nutt, another one. I'd be like, "Oh, okay, yeah." You know, I, okay. You know, oh man, your Michael joke was funny, man, or you know, whatever. Just to get, just to break the ice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard to be the new kid in the pool. You know what I'm saying? You gotta know. You gotta know who you're talking to, and and and, and and what I realized that um, what really helps me out a lot is that I realized that it's not about me. You know, a lot of times I think we we're like, oh, you know, oh, look, Ma, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Or I look at what I've done. Look what I've done. Look where I'm going. Look, you know, all that stuff. It's not about you. Most people, right, beginning comics included, talk about themselves yeah. because it's more comfortable for them. So if you can turn that around, right, and make it about the person you you're talking to all of a sudden they know that you're engaged with them. Right. Exactly. If I go up to them and say, Hey, guess what? I'm my, my name is no Griffin and I've been here and I did that. And I did that. All of a sudden they're going to be like, so <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like traveling. Right. I can tell you I've been to Greece and uh, I can tell you I've been to wherever. And it, but if you've never felt it, seen it, been there, how would you know? Right. Mm-hmm. But they can relate to them. And that's where, and that's where the magic happens. So that yeah. being said. You good? Go ahead, man. You oh, there? You I, there? Was saying, that's I was just saying, I was just saying <laughs> that being said, uh, yeah. So I think that's, that's what, that's what happens, man, is that you, you, you got to make it about the audience and, 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 or, or people just be nice and talk to people and hear them and listen to them and actually, you know, interject and, uh, the world opens up, man. It really does. I, I had to learn that lesson you're talking about, you know, talking about yourself, like, you know, who care, you know, I've done this, I've done that. Okay, so what? I, I learned that lesson the hard way when I first moved up here, man. When I first moved up here, I'd already been doing this for 10 years and, and had a good thing going. And then I moved to areas and I got up here. I was like, yeah, it's going. I'm Mike. I moved to the area. But I've been doing this 10 years. And everyone was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> doesn't mean we know you. And, and yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's a lesson you got to learn. It's, it's, it's not, it's not always, it's never about you. It's about, uh, that's one of the things that makes a good comedy scene is is the community feel to it and and the the support for each other. And if you ain't got that, if you're just here to make a name for yourself, that's gonna show real quick. But uh, let's get into you, man. Let's get into you. Where where did all where did this comedy crazy comedy journey start for you, man? 
Well, uh, I think it started on Showtime. Showtime, the net, the network Showtime. Yeah. I, I'd watch it when I was like twelve. We we, we never had HBO, and uh, and I'd watch Showtime. I watched like Richard Jenny and Ellen Ellen. I'm not. I'm sorry, Elaine Boozler. I love Richard, Richard Jenny. Uh, yeah, he's really one of the best comics, talented comics I've seen that a lot of people don't know about. I mean, I know about him, but you know, like the the, the, the typical comedy fan might not uh, remember him, but. Uh, he was uh, he played uh, Jim Carrey's best friend in The Mask, um, so he was like a really good, really great comic man. I learned a lot from him just being like I guess I would be 12, 13 years old. And back then there was no internet or and I lived in a small town, so there's no way for me to get out uh, to uh, to express myself. But so fast forward, uh, I'm 18 years old, and I went to and I well okay hold on, 17 years old. I go to I go to a Catholic high school, and I and I get arrested for uh, I get arrested for uh, for drugs for uh, oh no for, uh, fake yeah yeah my buddy in the car had uh, we had some we had some drugs on us we had I think we had some fake acid and uh, some <laughs> weed and stuff and uh, fake I was, acid uh, yeah <laughs> hold on hold on hold on a it's better so. Uh, so we decided. So it's it's our friend's grad night. It's like it's like our our, our would be senior grad night. Mm-hmm. So we drive to Kings Island, and Kings Island had had a uh, the Yogi Bear campground. Do you remember this? I've never been to Kings Island. Is it nice? That? Okay. So they used to, before <laughs> before Great before Great Wolf Lodge. Okay. There was there was a Yogi Bear campground. Okay. Right? All right. So me and my friend. Drove his uh, Volkswagen bus to the Yogi Bear campground, and we're rolling up uh, cigarettes, <laughs> and we're getting Arizona iced teas, iced teas. Yeah. And we, right, and we, uh, and uh, we, uh, I, I, I experience a knock on the window, and a flashlight, and it happens to be the Lebanon the police department. Oh no. Right. So, so, so I end up getting kicked out of school. And so I had a little bit left. And, uh, so I had to go to school a second year. I had to go to my, I had to do my senior year a second time. Right. It turned out to be a blessing because the talent show, I went, I, I did, I could do a bunch of like fluff, like, um, um, what do you call that? Um, oh, extracurricular activities because mm-hmm. I didn't have, or what do you call it? Uh, when you get to pick them, um, the electives. Oh my God. Can we, Electives, yeah. yeah. So I could do different. I could do a lot, a lot of crazy electives because I didn't have, to, I didn't really need anything, but a couple of core classes. So, uh, one of my electives was show choir, right? Okay. So anyway, next thing you know, I was we're singing, dancing, all stuff, blah blah blah, or choir, choir. And anyway, we're, we're doing all that. And well, it turns out they have a talent show every year, right? School wide. And so my friends, Danny Miller and Adon and Needham, were like, "Yo." Like, man, you're funny, man. Like, you got to get on stage, man. You got to do this. Like, you got to do something funny. I said, all right, I will. So next thing I know, uh, I get on the talent show. I come out to, I come out to Jackson 5, I want you back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It sets the tone, Shay, for a stellar <laughs> performance. The guy, the guy after me, the headliner of the show, if you will, there's like 20 acts at the high school talent show. Right. But the, the main two people on the show were myself and a man named John Stevens. So me and Johnny Stevens uh, ended up going to America's uh, America's uh, Sings in Chicago. Oh, we sh- walk around there for a little bit, blah, 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 hang out there. Yeah. Uh, the young man on that show ends up now, his name is John Legend. What? So I ended up opening for John Legend way back in the day. So we started in 1995. I mean, you know, I, I, I won't say officially, but we were on the same talent show in 1995. So mm. that's when I started. And then I went from there. I got a, I got a partial scholarship to Eastern Arizona College. And I was acting as a theater theater study or cinematic cinematic arts major. Mm. And anyway, uh, so I did, I did, I did all different kinds of like Broadway plays. I did like n- not on Broadway, but in, in college, I did a, uh, I did a uh, what I do? Oh, uh, Grease, Little Shop of Horrors, Foot on the Roof, 
I was uh, I was terrible, but I was in them. And then I did uh, this one this one play that sticks up my mind. It was a four hour play called The Investigation. Okay. At least it seemed like four hours. It might not have been four hours, but it seemed like I was I was a, I played a defense lawyer for the Nazis. <laughs> like you do. So it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was a really really crazy like college time. Uh, I just played it, you know, on on uh, on. You know, for for the theater folks, not for real life, but it was like crazy uh, experience. And then uh, I was doing shows at Eastern Arizona. I had a job uh, where, like, I was like a college tour guide, right? Mm. Well, my bosses at the time uh, were like, "Hey, uh, you're so talented. Why don't you open up our presentation to uh, the newcomers, the, the people taking the tour, right?" every saturday morning so it was my job like noon every saturday to do like 10 minutes of stand-up oh wow so so i got a warm-up yeah and i had no idea what i was doing so so i would do 10 minutes every saturday morning and then, right so then the director of the uh the, the student the, the, the lady that did like student activities or whatever uh her name was danielle so i can't remember now but anyway she was like neil uh, we hired these comics to come in uh, from Laughs in Tucson. She's like, but I, she's like, but I told them about you, and she said I want you to be on the show too. And so they said they were cool with it. So I was like, cool. So then I got to do like my, then I did my first like theater gig, and so I would do like, so I was doing like, yeah, so I was doing like, I did like, I think it was like a thousand kids there, something like that, like like eight hundred kids. So it was like, so I, I had no idea what I was doing. But anyway, after the show, we we all got a chance to talk and stuff. Matt Woods and Scotty Golf were their names that put me on the show. Okay. And um, just throw that out there. And uh, so next thing I know, I talked to I talked to uh, this guy, and he was like, "Hey, he's like uh, Matt Woods. He's writing a pilot for Disney at the time." And and he was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Man, he's like, you know, he's like, you got chops, man." He's like, "You should do this." He's like, "But you got to pick three cities. You got to pick three cities." I said, "Okay." He was like, at the time, he's like, "Either you're gonna go, you need to go to either DC." New York or San Francisco. And I said, DC. okay, really? DC. So I, picked one. I picked one. So I picked, I ended up picking Washington, DC. Okay. And there I met the fabulous fat doctor, uh, the legendary comedy coach that, uh, that trained Martin Lawrence, uh, wow. Chappelle, Tony Woods, uh, Wanda Sykes, Pat Oswalt, and an oh, umbrella, Mike, an umbrella of great comics, man. I mean, I mean the best. And like Tommy Davidson, uh, oh. just I mean a bunch. Like so, DC exposed me to a lot of like really good comics and a lot and a, and a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge, man. A lot of knowledge I did, thought I knew. You know, what I'm saying again, being nice and talking to people, and I learned a lot. And there's this little spot called the Cave, right? We, we uh, in DC. It was on Seventh and I, man, and uh, it was in Chinatown, DC. And the room was probably about as big as my living room. Remember, I had six six tables in it, if that. Like it was tiny. But the best African American comics hung out there. Like they, they they would be there every Tuesday and Wednesday, and they would go there and they would go there and kick it, and they would go and and uh you know try out new bits, new jokes and stuff. And I think I stood out because my jokes were more mainstream. Like they weren't about you know they weren't about sex and stuff. It was just about about my human nature about you know hum, you know humanity and not about just being black or being you know how black kids live white kids that kind of stuff it was like about like you know just being human so anyway so i caught the eye of of uh of tony woods there and he was like man he bought me a beer and we talked and talked and talked and this is what i mean people if you follow the story just wait a minute i'm coming back around so next thing i know <laughs> next thing i know um uh, you know, he he invites me to uh, the last comic standing audition in New York, and then I did like a BT audition in DC, blah 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 blah. So then, like, so now I'm like doing all right. And anyway, uh, and then you know, doing stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Well, then, like after a while, I was like, I was like really going. I was going places, but it was like I don't know. It just got it just got really. I let it get to me as far as uh, the competitiveness, I guess, mm-hmm. and like the. And just overall grind of it, you know what I mean? I didn't have any insurance at the time. It was all bad. So I was like, man, you know what? Maybe this isn't, maybe I just need to take a break for a minute and come back 
some other time or whatever, mate, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then I went and worked for like, I worked at a plasma center, a human plasma center for like eight years. Oh, wow. And Mike, when I tell you, people at home, when I tell you that comedy just called me, I, all I can think about was stages and lights and how to do stuff and how to do it right and all this stuff. And I was just like, man, I got to get back, man. I got to get back. And then one, like, like Christmas Eve, Eve, I'm at home. I'm at my mom's house. I, 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 there's a paper. I grab the paper. I go to the bathroom. I'm reading the paper. Tom Hanks is on the front of the paper saying that he donated that the paper saying that he donated a bunch of money to Wright State University. Oh yeah. I remember that. that. Right. So that's how I got here. It was, I was, I was like, Oh crap. I was like, I'll do that. Cause I got to do something else. I knew that if I stayed in my job any longer, I was going to retire there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, some told me, man, like Neil, you're not doing it right. You got to get back out there. You got to, I said, okay. And so I did it. Right. So then I was like, well, how am I going to do it? So I was like, well, I have all these ideas about films and scripts and all this stuff. So then I just started, I just started, I went to school, man. And I was an idiot. Like, I mean, when I tell you Mike, that I was an idiot, like, like I was, I had no idea because I haven't done the computers and like, and trying to like do what you're doing probably right now. Like <laughs> I can't do this stuff. Like, I wasn't good at this stuff. I wasn't, I'm not, I'm still not, but I work on it every day and I YouTube, but I didn't know at YouTube. And I just like, I just kept working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. And then, and so then like, uh, my third year came along and now I don't have to do as much as I had to do in my first couple of years. So the first couple of years, you got to like prove yourself and, it's like a yeah. whole thing and whatever. And, and I was like, you know what? It's like, now I got time. You know, I don't have to work anymore. Cause I was working at Myers too at the time and doing film school, which is like insane. I tell you not to do that at all because you, you, your, <laughs> your time is so consumed. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not rich. You know, I have to try to make this work. Well, turns out someone calls me and says, Hey, I think you got a daughter. And I'm like, what? Next thing I know, <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm taking a paternity test, and it's like, oh, well, I have a little girl I didn't even know I had. Jeez, man. So now it's not even about me anymore, right? So now I'm three years into film school. I have a daughter I didn't know about till then, right? Which I love her today. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, like, can you imagine, you know, that? And I was like, you know what? It's like this one thing I do really, really well, and that's entertain people. And I was like, this is what I have to do. So I did. So I was like, well, okay. So now I have these little movies I've made in film school. They're looking pretty good. I got my, I got my, um, my, you know, I'm writing my stand up a little bit here and there. And then I was like, you know what? I know that the Dayton scene is not the biggest. It's before I knew about Cincinnati. Right. I was like, but before Dayton, I didn't know it was, I know it's not the biggest. I got to create something. So then I created the Neil Griffin and friends comedy show. And I was like, I got to do something that's never been done before. Yeah. And so I started paying people. So I told, I went to my manager there. That was the first place, actually. W.O. Wrights was the first place they allowed me. Uh, shout out to Dano and Lee Foster. Uh, Dan Betts, Lee Foster, the managers at W.O. Wrights. I love them to death. They gave me my first opportunity to do my first student film at W.O. Wrights on their stage. And so I was like, wow. I was like he's like, you know, yeah, he's like, you know, we used to do comedy here, right? I'm like, no, really? He's like, yeah. So then I started the Neil Griffin and Friends comedy show, man. And he would give me like vouchers for food and stuff. Like I fed the comics, I paid the comics. You know what I mean? Charged like five bucks at the door, or whatever, man. And like you know, we were netting like three hundred bucks a show. I mean, you know, I mean, just for you know, for a little, like a little tiny, you know, you know, twenty person in the audience show, man, if that. So That's it was like crazy. we just kept working on that. And then, uh, so then, to make a long story short, to get you where I am now, um, I, I let me see. So then all of a sudden, my friend Tony Woods was like, hey, you know, how you been? We were hitting him on Facebook, talking on Facebook and stuff. Was like, hey, how you been? I'm like, good. How are you? He's like, good. Talking to you, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, my sister still lives in Washington, D.C. She went to Georgetown and got her doctorate at Howard. So she's been there the whole time. So um, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So so I have, you know, I still got, fr- I still got family there. So I was like, hey, I'm going to be down for Thanksgiving. Are you going to go see the Donna Rollins show? I wouldn't mind checking him out in person. And he was like, yeah, I'll be there. So, you know, we called, we text, you know, all that. And, uh, and, it, and I took my nephew with me 
and my nephew J Mac, and we went to uh, the improv Thanksgiving night or the day after Thanksgiving, I think it was. And Sam J, the writer of SNL, was there, and she's amazing too. If you never got a chance to check what? her out, like, she's, amazing. she's amazing. So anyway, um, so anyway, I met up with Tony. We talked. Uh, and said he's like, said, hey man, he's like, you're gonna feature for me at Go Bananas. I said, cool beans, sounds good, right? Now, remember, he knows me. The rest of these guys, they seen, didn't know me. You know, mm-hmm. just like you were saying earlier, they're like, yeah, right, whatever. Right. So they so 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 I was like, well, okay, you know, no problem. I was like, I'm ready to do it. And uh, and I wasn't playing, Mike. I came out, I came out swinging. But before I get on the stage, here you go, comics. We we go on the stage. They say, uh, hey, you're gonna MC. You're gonna MC tonight. We're gonna have another feature. What? I said, oh, I said, okay, okay. I get it because they didn't know me, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I understand. Yeah. They got a business to run. I get it. Shout out to Marty from Go Bananas. Shout out to Lee Kimball. And uh, next thing I know, I hosted the shows. I did. I did very, very well. And turns out the feature that I got bumped for was the owner, his name's James Altisher, was the owner of Stand Up New York. Oh, snap. So he was <laughs> like, so so this whole time I've been talking to him, like making him laugh, he makes me laugh. And I, I've been showing all my little movies from film school. I said, hey, this is what I made. It's this little, I had these little like motivational movies I make. And uh, and I showed it to him and he was like, wow, he said, you're really going to do it, aren't you? I'm like, I'm going to try. I'm going to die trying. And he was like, next thing I know, he's eating nachos. I just happened to say hi to him. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, hey, you know, I have a club in New York City, stand up in New York in New York City, wants to come up for the weekend. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, come on up for the weekend. He's like, just call me and I'll introduce you to booking stuff. You know what I'm saying? We'll get you rolling. And so I was like, cool beans. You know what I'm saying? Just like that. I was like, yo, like, that's awesome. And then, uh, and then, so then, then the virus happened. So that's where I'm at now. So that, so that, so right when that the virus happened, I, so I had to call Sam New York and they're like, we're not hiring right now. You know, we're not doing anything. Cause you know, and they're still shut down, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So, but I will be there shortly. Uh, just waiting for them to, you know, to give me a date. So, so yeah, so now, so I'm so excited to be able to do stand up in Times Square, which is a dream of mine. That's crazy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then like, so then. I had an interview with uh, Slapstick Magazine because uh, Misha Swain is a good, is an old friend, and she was like, "Yo, I'm gonna put you on this." I put me on that, and then I met this other young lady. Her name is Brenda Brown from Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. On Facebook, I'm from Vegas, and we just she calls me. She's like, "Hey, you're funny. I'm funny." She calls me, and we talked for two hours, man. We talked for straight two hours. She's the nicest lady you ever want to meet. And it's Brenda Brown. She works. She she does the. Uh, uh, sauced in the city comedy network on Facebook. Oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, so I got to talk to her for two hours and she's like, I'm putting you on everything. She's like, I'm putting you on spotlight, the spotlight show where the comics like kind of compete for like a prize or whatever. And they, and they do like silly uh, games or whatever, which is really fun. If you haven't done it yet, you should do it. Uh, see it. Um, and then she put me on the cast for daddy's matter Two, which is a fatherhood podcast every Sunday uh, at 6 p.m. on uh, they have Daddy's Matter 2, the Facebook page, and Sauce in the City, the Facebook page. Uh, and I'm sure you can just talk to Brenda Brown about how to get a hold of that or whatever. But And I always start the watch party myself, usually at 9 p.m. Okay. the next night. Uh, but that being said, so now I'm on, now, so now I'm on, I was on two different shows. Now I'm still on the recurring one show. And uh, and then I got uh, got some gigs coming up and uh, and I'm looking getting looked at by representation right now and I I just like I said I just got to throw some tapes out there and uh, and hope that works out but I think it's it's it seems pretty solid man everyone's really nice and it really again you just be nice and talk to people and the world opens up and I just can't wait to see what the future holds I'm campaigning to do some shows overseas uh, I want to and I'm not gonna put it, mention nobody's name but uh, I want to go overseas and I would love to do like the Sydney Comedy Festival. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, in, uh, in the Netherlands, they have uh, some stuff over there, too. So I like to do some stuff in the Netherlands and Australia and uh, Dubai or wherever else uh, I may be able to go. So uh, I'm working on a lot of cool stuff, man. And uh, the, the main key I want everybody to take from that is, uh, is that at times get tough. 
life goes on. Don't give up. Because even if you try to give up, it ain't going to let you give up. So you might as well just don't live with regret and do the best you can. And I'm pulling for you. Wise words from wise words from Neil Griffin, man. That's what a what a what a story, man. What a story you got to tell. What a story you had to share with people, man. And and to think about everything that's gone down just in the last couple of years alone, uh, you know, yeah. with with coming back and and doing the film school thing and 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 with, with go bananas, what happened there? I mean, yeah, it sucks. So at first, when you hear. Hey, you're getting bumped from from feature into MC, and I, I like MC and personally, um, but then to find out who you're who you're bump, bumping for, it's it's, it's sometimes those it, it might seem like a step down, but it's it, a lot of that stuff can be a blessing in disguise sometimes, man. And and like you said, the worst thing you want to have is is regret. I I remember in college, uh, Pete Holmes before he before he was real big, came and performed at the university, and I got to open for him, and I was hanging out with him. Uh, and it was, it was a great show and a lot of fun. And I remember I was, I was still in school at the time and his manager was like, Hey, we're going across the street to, uh, to the white horse for, uh, for, for steaks and scotch. You want to come with? And like an idiot at 18 years old, I was like, Oh man, I got a class in the morning. I got, I got, I got to get back. <laughs> and now it's like, I look at, I look at just what a great run Pete Holmes had. And I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah crashing was a good a good series man yeah dude i i love and i loved his uh i loved his when he had his own show for a couple of years there on on tbs and pete holmes is is, is a real underrated comedy yeah there, every once in a while i see stuff and he and i talk every once in a while we're not we haven't stayed in, stayed in touch that well but we do t- we chat once in a while and i was just kind of he, he, lo- he loves to remind me of the whole like hey remember uh Remember when you said no to going to the, yeah, Pete, I remember. Like, I don't. Like, <laughs> it's just about showing up. And that's what I'm saying. And, you know, this is another thing I want people to understand is that, you know, I met Tony Woods 15 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I got out of comedy or whatever, right? And then when I came back, to his credit, really, and I, and I, you know, uh, he's an amazing person, but uh, to, you know, people don't go anywhere. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's like, it's, it's weird. It's like, you know, uh, the same friends that I had in comedy when I first started and to now are the same people. Mm-hmm. The ones that have my back, you know what I'm saying? The ones I would have their back, you know what I mean? Like, like they're, it's the same people. So it's like, it's like, so that's again, be nice and talk to people because if you're really true about this game, if you really want to be a comic, if you really want to do this in your heart and you're real about it, you're going to see the same people 15 years later. Mm-hmm. They're going to be on the same auditions. They're going to be in the same rooms. And the bigger you, the, 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 the you know, when you go to, when you go to, uh, when you go to New York or you go to DC or Detroit, even Chicago, Myrtle beach, Orlando, Jacksonville, wherever it is, you're going to know somebody from there. You're going to know somebody that you've seen in D.C. because they have a life path, too. They got a path, too. Yeah. And so they're all going to be around there. And so that's what I try to, to reiterate to people. It's like, it's like, if you're for real, for, I mean, if you want to stay, you know, in the Midwest and stay in that one comedy scene, God bless you. Yeah. I want you to do well. I want you to do the best for your family and whatever you want to do in your life. Cool beans. Hey guys, this is Mike Shea and I want to talk to you about Anchor. Yes, Anchor is the brand new free way for you to get your podcast career off and running without any cost to you. Simply download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast to give you everything you need in one place for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds très magnifique without having to worry about all the costly setup they'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere spotify apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher all of that and you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership they set you up with awesome sponsors all you got to do is record a script kind of like what i'm doing now throw it onto your show and start making money once again download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get your podcast career off and running right now just do it already 
But when you get outside of here and you start traveling and stuff, you're going to realize you're going to see the same folks. Yeah. And you're going to need them sooner or later. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I love when I get to go when I get to go back home to South Carolina where I started at and I'm there in Columbia and I get to go I go back every every spring and I get to go back to the place where I didn't get my start, but I got kind of my re, my my revival because well, I, I had left comedy for a while. And then when I got restarted back into it, the place that I was at every single Monday night, I get to go back there and and, you know, see a lot of the same guys still there, still grinding, still killing it. And, and I get to it's it's almost like a bit of a reunion. There's, there's still the new guys who are in and out of there. But, you know, there's five or six of us who you know, go back to 2000, you know, go 2010, 2011, and we get to uh, still just see how far we've come and which jokes have stayed and which ones have left and changed and evolved. And it's, it's a great, it's a, it's a cool experience to have. Mike, can I ask you a question? Yo. Out, out of all the comics that when you, when you performed, right. And look at your core group of people. Yeah. How many of them have been on your show? Um, out of, out of the South Carolina ones, not many. We've, I've had a couple, um, not many. I've had more. I've had. I'm I've obviously because they're local. I've had way more Dayton comics on the show uh, than I have from. But a lot of that's also just just sketch. I've had. I've had a few though. Um, I love getting. I love getting people on here who I don't know is the thing. I love having like I love having Mike Wells come on or Dusty come on. You know, I know them. It's great to talk to them or Don Smith who comes on. Seems like every fucking month. But I love getting to have people I haven't met yet because I love getting to meet new people, which is part of the reason why I love doing this, doing comedy and getting to go on shows is, is to meet new people and, and to talk to people, man. Right. It's all about the networking, man. Exactly. So you got, oh, you got some animation stuff. Uh, you're yeah, working you, on, yeah, man. Yeah, you want to see? I'll pull up. Hold on. Hold on. I got you. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I got a shout out. I know this interview is heavy with shout outs, but they all have helped me along the way. So I have to say something. Uh, Trevor Connor, by the way, I want to shout him out. He's a great guy. Just met him in Cincinnati a little bit ago. But uh, this is uh, the Mike Say exclusive. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> the, the only, I don't think I've ever done this before on your show. Oh, okay. But I, I I revealed it on Slapstick uh, a week ago, but then they I don't know if they're going to use it or not. So we'll see. But anyway, this is the Griffin game. My name is Neil Griffin. Okay. And this is the Griffin gang. This is the gang. Earl the girl is coming later, but this is the Griffin gang. This is the prince. Let's see what you got here. Okay. Okay. Dude, that's some good work, man. Thank you. That's We're going to bring back, work. like, yeah, I, I really wanted to bring back, like, a Saturday morning cartoon kind of vibe. Uh, I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, a lot of the cartoons don't have a lot of morals. And I don't want to, like, it won't be like a preachy show, but I think it's going to, Definitely, there's definitely going to be more of uh, definitive right and wrong about certain things. I think uh, it's three. It's three film students. Uh, it's Pete Man, uh, Simon's the Turtle, and then uh, Early Girl is uh, is in it, and she's a uh, and uh, she's transgendered, and they're going to have they're going to be in film school, and uh, they're going to deal with issues like most film people do, right? I'm a filmmaker, so yeah. we're going to deal with issues and uh, and 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 have. Um, you know, lightly, lightly joke-based conversations uh, about different things. And uh, and so I'm really excited about it, man, because it'll be the first time. And every issue that we decide to tackle on the show, uh, I've decided to have a, represent a representative of an advocate and a uh, and a conservative of such issue, you know, to, to, to consult us as we write. So we get both points of view, and uh, and we can do it right. I think we learned a lot from uh, I learned a lot from Norman Lear, and uh, a French director by the name of Marcel Carnet. Are you familiar with Marcel Carnet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know he created like uh, the level of a loser character, right? And right. his 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 philosophy was uh, it's not about it wasn't about the end result, right? Like the the end result was the end of the film or the end of the show, right? Mm -hmm. The 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 drama came in uh the journey right mm -hmm. and and so for example and norman lear borrowed this philosophy from marcel carnet so for example uh i don't get artsy fartsy on everybody here but uh for example norman lear is a was a 70s 
and 80s uh, producer and writer for a lot of uh, African-American television shows. Mm -hmm. He was a Jewish man, Jewish Caucasian man. And so, for example, uh, Good Times, right? Yeah. It was about a poor family in Chicago. And uh, the show was all about the journey, right? Right before, you know, Thelma met the football player. They always were, they were always poor. Right before Thelma met the football player, or the son got the scholarship to save the family, or you know, the dad got the you know the million dollar job, you know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Something would always happen. So and it was all part of about that journey. And, and then the life lesson, the life lesson was basically like, oh, you know, as long as we still have each other, blah blah blah. You know, we're gonna get through it. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to create something where success was just the norm, right? Mm-hmm. At one time, I was going to go with the title of, I, I at first, when I thought it was about me, I was going to call it Earl the Girl and the Griffin Gang. And I thought to myself, that's stupid. <laughs> I was like, because, because, because of this. Because I felt like being African-American, I never wanted to be separate. I wanted to be integrated and the same thing with, you know, with different people from different communities. Um, The success is in the integration, not the separation. So she's just part of the gang. She's just one of her friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The same thing like in film school, I have a friend that's transgender in film school. I did. I haven't seen him in a while, but her in a while, but, um, That's the thing. It's like it's got to be integrated in. It can't just be. It can't be, you know, JJ in good times. It can't be, you know, what I'm saying, Chico in the man. You know, it's got to be integrated. It's got to be just one thing, and we're all just living together. And success is the norm, not the end. Absolutely. A lot of people. A lot of people are afraid of success because they've been conditioned to think. That success means the end. Mm. That, that the journey is more important than the end. Right. And that can't happen anymore, especially in the last like few weeks, as you know and I know, right? Mm-hmm. Things have boiled over because of such things, because of such thoughts and, and, and such conditioning. So we can't do that anymore. So mm. I, I don't mean to be too preaching, Mike. No, you're good, man. You're good. But, but, but I just want to let people know that's what it takes. And that's what I hope to accomplish with my show and with my stand-up uh, is that philosophy. It's not about us being separate, but together. Right. We have to be integrated into each other. That we trust me, trust me, life's hard enough. Doing that we the truth. We can find other stuff to grieve over because human natures will never be happy because human human humans humans aren't happy. No, nah, we're miserable. We can find other stuff, but now we have to integrate in and leave out the separation, even for good or bad. You can't do it anymore. It's got to be the same. If you want it like this, you got to have it like this. It's the same thing. And I'll leave. I'm not leave, but I'll I'll, I'll end this this uh, thought with this. It's like the Hunger Games, right? It's just like the Hunger Games, right? Yeah. People got in power, right? Yeah. They, you know, they got in power, you know, they, you know, they, they, they wielded their power and then things backfired. Then all of a sudden the other people that have been downtrodden for so many years, try to rise up. Right. And then all of a sudden human nature kicks in and says, now we're going to start killing the capital children. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And the main character says, no, that's not right either. We have to integrate. We can't separate. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for letting me talk. Of course, me talk, of course man. Of course. That's why you're here. You're here to talk. I'm here to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I'm here to hear you, man. Um, real quick before we do before we do bring this thing to a close, though. Uh, so we, we talked about. Uh, we, we talked about it briefly at the beginning, but you know, fireworks going on. Uh, you you're participating in the fireworks competition this year. Yeah, yes, sir, I am. Hey, you, you looking forward to it? Are you nervous? Are you? How you feeling about it, man? I feel good, man. I feel good because I know 
um, what I'm there for. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, like, I, I, I'm not going to try. Like I said before, like I've done competitions before and like, uh, you know, the best, in my own opinion, and I know they're going to give me flack for this, but it's like, I know the best comics never win. Uh, I just, know, I, don't, I know that. I, I, and I, I'm not gonna, I don't consider myself the best comic, but I just know from my own experiences on shows like that, mm-hmm. I know what happens. And I'm just like, you know, I dig it. But uh, the crowd will be very nice. And I think it'll be nice to, to, to just come together uh, for the laughter of it all. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, you know, the tape's worth gold. Oh, you know, yeah. you're, in a, you're in a room with 300 people. You know what I mean? The tape, the tape itself alone is why you should do it, you know? So be- like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just, you do it for the tape. I do it for, yeah. I do it, I do it to show that we can do it. And then, uh, and, and, you know, and I think that's important, you know, winning would be nice. I would love to, I'd love to say I want it. You know what I mean? Sure. But uh, I don't think that's my, my goal is to do something special mm-hmm. to leave my heart on the table and do something that someone's never, ever seen before. And if I can do those three things, then I win from my heart and my family. I think my family's coming. So like, I, I want, I want to make sure uh, that I do something that, uh, that I don't regret. That's, that's, that's a good way of looking at it, man. I, I, last year was the first time I'd ever done it. And I'm not, cause I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not a big fan of comedy competitions, mostly because I'm a bit of a chicken shit, but uh, I will say it was, it was one of the best just on stage experiences I've ever had. Um, it was, it was the crowd, the crowd was amazing. I mean, I've never, I I've performed for some big rooms. I've never performed for such a hyped, energetic, uh, just into it audience. Like I did right. that night and, right. and, and yeah, it, I, yeah. I didn't win, but holy shit that I feel like it, man. I felt like it yeah. when I walked out of there. Right. And that's, and that's the thing. And that's all that matters. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you win because they're going to come. They're going to come, and that, that tape is going to be gold. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That tape is going to be worth, you know, it could be worth $100,000, $300,000 by the time you're done. Exactly. You never know. So, like, that, you know, that 1000 bucks is great. Don't get me wrong. I want to win it. I mean, it's nice to have. You know, I'd love to go on vacation. <laughs> I'm going to D.C. next week. Right. I'm going. I'm staying. Listen, I'm staying at the George, the Four Seasons in Georgetown next week for my sister, my sister's wedding. Mm. My sister's getting married, right? Yeah. Uh, because of the COVID, we got it, like, dirt cheap. So, it was like. So we're going there, and my, my daughter's six, and she's never flown, and she's never been to D.C., and, you oh, know, wow. that's my second home. So I, you know, I'm so excited for that. But anyway, uh, contest-wise, contest I would say that, I'd say, yeah, it's good for the tape. Have a good time with it, you know, and I'm going to go to all four shows uh, just because of, you know, I love I love these people, and I love comedy, and uh, and I'm going to be there to support everybody because, uh, because I'm not supported, you know what I'm saying? My, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like my, my family, they, you know, they, they want me to do other things. You know, they just want me to get a job and be steady. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, which I understand. And a lot of these kids, all these people, not kids, people aren't supported, you know, in comedy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why it's so important for Dayton comics. That's why it's so important for Cincinnati comics. That's why it's so important for Blake Hammonds and Dusty Harvin to run these discords. And that's why it's so important for Mike Shea to have this radio show, because a lot of times, we're not supported. Yeah. And I want you to know if you're listening to this as that I support you and you can, you can text me or you can, you can Facebook friend me or whatever it is. And if you ever have a problem with anything to vent or whatever, you can always look me up, man. And I promise you that because I've been there. I know I was, I was there I mean, eight years. I didn't do this because you know, my, no one said, Hey, you should keep doing it. You know what I mean? Everybody just, and, and I'm not saying it's that they're full. They have their own lives. I understand that. But like, if I can save a comedy life, if I can save somebody's, you know, a few years of their of their existence by being happy doing what they love to do, then I'm gonna do it. And, and we're better for we're we're better for it, man. We're better for having you around because you are a, you are a constant source of positivity in what can sometimes be a a, a bit of a, of a dark and dreary. Uh, comedy, comedy community. Once in a while, you know, things go down, and uh, it's it's always good to have those people like you who are there to remind us that uh, shit could always be worse, and 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 it's always good to just keep keep pushing forward and and and, and keep the dream alive, man. I can dig it, man. Hey, man, I tell you what, the reason I wanted to do this competition, uh, and I keep finding a little inspiration everywhere, and uh, but uh, me and my daughter, my daughter, I have my daughter like every other weekend, and uh. We were at my, my little small apartment at Wright State. There's a playground. 
And we went to the playground and there was a kid there with two metal legs. His name was Rami. He had two metal legs, man. And he met me for about, we talked for about maybe a minute and a half before he mentioned his legs. Like he knew right off the bat that he was different. And he wanted to make sure that I knew he knew, right? That's why we do this. Yeah. So thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Dude, I loved having you on here today. I, I hate that the time has gone by as fast as it has. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm glad we got to have this conversation. Uh, I look forward to having you back again at one point in the future. I look forward to seeing you again. Um, break all the legs this weekend at at uh, at the fireworks competition, man. Uh, don't just, I need every help I can get. Don't, just, help I can get, don't break a leg. Just start breaking legs left and right, man. Start kneecapping people like they owe money to the mafia. Whatever you got to do. Um, best of luck to you, man. Where can the people find you to find you? Can they find you online? If people want to learn more about you, where can they go, man? Uh, yeah, just go and get my Facebook. It's N E I L G R I F F I N. My Instagram is Neil Griffin underscore 59. And, um, my email is N Griffin funny one dot or at gmail.com. I'll say it again. N Griffin funny one at gmail.com thank you it's been a freaking pleasure my friend uh, so it's it's been the pleasure has been all mine neil thank you so much for coming on the show man um with that being said ladies and gentlemen uh that is going to do it for this week's episode of the basement lounge you guys can catch this show every single friday on all your fa- all your favorite podcast apps uh go to our website basementloungepod.com follow us on all the social media at basement lounge pod on facebook and instagram at tbl underscore pod on twitter and we'll see you guys next week as always live well rock on take care and bye bye <laughs>